Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. Um, we're really excited about today, actually. Really excited. So excited. Um, we have our first guest with us. I'm very excited. So, you know, it's been a little bit, right? When were it's we here been last? a little bit. It December. was right before the holidays. We probably should refresh. I'm Marissa Klein from um, Choice Fashion and Media and the Dreamcatchers. My sister, Jamie Stozer. Um, this is our first adventure where we are finally focusing on what we were trying to do with this podcast. And our first guest um, is this talented woman who literally is seconds off a plane, um, Sarah Martinez. And we are going to be um, zoning in on showcasing how someone is catching their dreams in the media industry um, one step at a time. And Jamie and I talk about it all the time, and we've talked about with our listeners and, you know, one day uh, whoever listens back to this. The intention here is that there's a lot of celebration in the world for people that are doing something like, I don't know, quitting their job and opening some entrepreneurship. Yeah. And um, there's a big focus. We went to a, an incredible speech uh, talk last night, which, of course, we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, um, where there's a focus in this world about entrepreneurship and not working for the man and throwing it all in and, you know, dreaming big, which, by the way, is one of my mantras, obviously. Um, and uh, with that said, in what we do for a living, which is helping people get jobs, there's almost a dichotomy between people finding joy and correlating joy to being free and being free with being on their own. And I find that a lot of the podcasts that we're exposed to and a lot of what we see in the media, whether it be a Shark Tank or in, you know, Inc. Magazine or Entrepreneur Magazine or any of these different things that are online is showcasing and celebrating somebody that comes up with a big, bad idea, gets funding, and goes out on their own. But what about the rest of us? Agreed. Mm-hmm. So there are several, several in quotes, millions of people out there that are hustling and side hustling and are exciting and living a great life and are parenting and are enriched and eating sushi and getting their favorite jeans and going shopping and traveling and doing all these things by working for the man. Agree. And by the way, it's not such a bad thing. It isn't. If especially if you can use your power and 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 use your superpowers wisely. So Jamie and I have been putting people to work for I don't know a really long time, as we've mentioned before. So I wanted instead of showcasing on all the dreamers, which is something that I subscribe to, showcasing the people that are dreamers but are doing it within the lines so Mm -hmm. to speak, and how they are able to draw within the lines, draw inside the lines, and make their own mark, their imprint in society, inspire others, inspire themselves, and in turn contribute to this crazy world in which we're living in. So with that said, we had a laundry list of people that we wanted to invite today, and the first person that we're inviting, we're we're popping the cherry of the podcast, which is, I can't believe that just came out of my mouth, um, is with Sarah Martinez, who currently is the vice president of industry lead retail and QSR at Verizon Media. Um, and we have a format for you that I will let Jamie take the lead on a little bit in a second. And I'm excited to have you here. And that's, I think, basically as authentically from the heart as it could be unscripted, not looking down, saying, like, this is what it's all about. Like, what you do, how you hustle, how you get up every day, how your career is driven. I said to you when you sent me your resume, I was like, this is a beautiful resume. And I look at resumes all the time. Yep. Like, it's a beautiful resume. And when I see a beautiful resume, 
it means there's a beautiful story behind it. And I feel like there are a lot of people out there that could hear, would like to hear your story and want to know more and want to be inspired by what you do rather than feeling that overarching challenge that unless you come up with the next big idea, you're a failure in this world. No, I, I totally agree. And a huge thank you for having me today. Um, you know, you, I mean, I'm inspired by so many different people and things. I'm inspired by the two of you, by your energy, the way you work together, you know, how you think outside of the lines, but also stay within the lines. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's something to balance. Um, and even those that stay out of the lines, they, they still inspire me. But I will say, you know, in quotes, working for the man or however you want to call it, or let's say or the woman, for the woman, exactly. Um, you know, it, it, it's a ton of fun, too. Um, you know, working for big brands and being able to be part of something uh, with, with people and building something from the ground up, even though it's a huge company, mm -hmm. but still having that startup feel. So I've been very lucky in my career to always have that startup mentality, but being more in the line. But there's paper in the copier. Exactly. There are some staples and some post-its mm -hmm, uh, that mm -hmm. I'm happy to use. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's been fun, and I'm thrilled to be here today. And uh, to say hi to everyone in the uh, podcast universe, too. Amazing. Well, um, I'm super excited to have you, too, Sarah, because Sarah was introduced to us through a mutual friend. And when we moved down to the suburbs, we have met so many people, obviously, some of whom... Um, you know, no longer work and don't commute into the city anymore because of where we live, and some do. And it's fascinating to Marissa and me when we think about how lucky we've been to create a career for ourselves at our family staffing firm because I myself wor worked for the woman um, at Turner Broadcasting for many years, and I sometimes wonder had I stayed what I would have— you know, what would have happened to me, especially in the suburbs. So Sliding doors. Yeah, and I find it fascinating to talk to other people that did stick with the route that I was on and also others that didn't, that had a grand plan and a big idea. So um, we're hoping that through this next phase and our 2019 goal for the Dreamcatchers is to talk to other people that have caught the dream. And maybe the dream was not the dream at the beginning, um, but has become the dream or at least has helped to build a different dream, mm -hmm. um, whether that's to move to the suburbs with your family. And that's how you caught your dream. So there's all sorts of things that we'll cover today, obviously. Um you know, we did come up with a little bit of our, you know, interview questions, which we'll stick to a little bit, but obviously we'd love to make this more conversational so that we can get... So we know, have lines, but we can color outside of them. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, only because I want to make sure we get in what we want to cover. And so our listeners, and obviously being this is our first interview, we may afterwards be like, I don't know if we need to ask that. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to something else. Um, but what we kind of wanted to start with today was... Um, you know, just let's start from the beginning. You know, why, um, you know, what is it that you wanted to do when you grew up? You know, we always talk about dreaming big. Marissa and I talked about it, you know, on our first podcast. Um, you know, and we talk about it with our kids all the time. What is it that you want to be when you grow up? I even up? wrote books about it. We did. Marissa did. And, um, you know, I— The messaging starts when you're very little. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, mine was always to be a dancer or a dance teacher. And I mentioned this on an earlier podcast that I'm living that dream as a side hustle now, which is so incredible and amazing that I'm actually doing that as a parent of two kids. Um, but anyway, what about, what about you? What did yeah, you want to be when you um, grew up? 
You know, this question's an interesting one because you would think it would be one thing, right? Um, right. And I would expect it to be 20 things. Exactly. In fact, he says there's no so wrong answer. We wanted it to be 20 things. Yeah, and, Just, I, and well, maybe it's the one that you remember the most. Exactly. And I, and I do think, too, it's also not even what it was, whether it's a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, what, any specific profession, but it's um, what do I want to get out of the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of that resonates with me when I think about being younger and the things that I dabbled in, whether it was acting or loving to be in plays or you know, volunteering or wanting to, you know, play restaurant, you know, and build a business, you know, all of those little things. And what I kind of thought about with myself was I loved being around people. Like, bottom line, everything that I did when I was happy was being a part of something. Um, and, uh, you know, I wasn't alone very often. I had two, I have older brother and sister, um, grew up with some, some amazing people, and um, I loved just being around people. And so when I think about you know, there was never one thing where I said, oh, I really want to do X. The idea of the entertainment industry was always very interesting to me. Um, you know, so something around creativity. But, you know, if we were playing games as a kid, I remember Star Search. Remember? Yeah. Of course. Of course. So like Justin Timberlake originally. Star Search was like, yeah, yep. Was the like, we always the would best. play The OG kids. American Idol. Totally. And like, I would have to be the host. And I would have, you, know, oh. you know, I would have to also be the judge. I mean, you know, which made no sense. And so I'd have to win. I mean, a lot of those <laughs> A little, um, a little bit type A there, Sarah. Yeah, of course, of course. Yep. So a lot of it was She's fun, but, um, but I think reflecting like on on all of that, it was about it was about just being around people and doing something and building something together. I love that. And what was your first job? Yes, this is a really fun one. So um, I'm from the local area, and there's a place that you may know called Donovan's. Oh, yeah. And so um, I was a junior. and I mean, I had volunteered. I'd, you know, definitely helped out at my father's um, uh, business and loved going there and, and pretending that I was having meetings with nobody in the room and, yeah. you know, all of that good stuff. But um, it was junior year of high school, and I was like, I don't want to volunteer this summer again. So I walked into Donovan's, you know, 17 years old, and was like, hey, you know, if you're looking to hire anyone, please let me know. And, you know, they put me to work. So I'd show up there at 7 a.m. and pick weeds out of the parking lot, which ended up being poison ivy and had it all over my body. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> uh, I would literally take out the garbage and stock the bar with picking, you know, I couldn't take cases of beer as a bar back, so it would be take me a lot longer. But a lot of that fun stuff. Once I turned 18, they actually put me behind the bar down at the beach, which was really fun. And again, it came back to like people. Like, so you I could loved... bartend, but you couldn't drink it. Exactly. Legally. Could, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, but it being part of a team, like it was a family there. Everyone showed up together early in the morning. Um, we, you know, sprinkled the palm trees with water because that's what we had to do together and clean up all the dirt. And it was being a f- you know, together as a team. Um, and that was something, again, I look back on like, wow, why did I like that job so much? And it was about being with ton of people and having fun doing it. Love Love it. What did you ever have internships in college? Yeah, so um, you know, I think in high school, I went to a competitive high school where a lot of conversations were about differentiating yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, sure, I'll go to the hospital and volunteer, and you know, I even think differentiating myself means working at a local, you know, beach bar and sure. you know, what you learn from that process. Um, and so when I was in college, I made sure internships was a big thing for me. I went to entertainmentcareers.net, which is still around. I remember. Yeah. yeah Where did you still, go to college again? I went to Rutgers um, undergrad, and I went to Syracuse for grad school. That's right. Um, okay. And so I would— Go orange. I, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would—I uh, headed on that site because, again, entertainment was of interest to me. I remember that site. Mm-hmm. Right? It's still around, but mm-hmm. it needs to be updated. And so— um, <laughs> Next project. Yep. And so um, I remember just cold emailing, you know, NBC Universal and 
and all these big places, uh, which didn't work out. Um, and I found this one super small um, PR agency in quotes in New York City. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And instantly wrote me back, instantly hired me. I was like, wow, this is so easy. This is great. And I show up on 17th and 6th Avenue on day one in someone's basement apartment. Uh huh. Um, cold calling to get gigs for his clients. Mm-hmm. And that was my job. And um, I don't know if I told my father that I was in a basement apartment on 17th and 6th as my internship, but <laughs> it's all about the story, right? It's all yep, about what yep. you learned from it. It didn't have to be NBC Universal. Um, it's being excited to go somewhere every day, get something out of it, learn about yourself, and kind of move on. So internships were big. Um, thumbs I love up that. there. I love that story. I wonder what happened to that guy. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look him up. Um, what was your first real job? First real job. Like so, your first job out of school, let's see. So first job Looking out of school. Your resume. Yes. Yeah, so I was um, I was up at Syracuse at New, the Newhouse School getting uh, my master's in advertising. Um, what made you decide to do that? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. So um, there's some legacy Newhouse and Syracuse grads in my family on the law school on the ah. law school side. And um, I did love the entertainment industry, dabbled a little in acting and, you know, never thought of anything of it except, you know, maybe I'm moving to L.A. after after school. So I told my dad senior year, you know, I'm, I'm just going to move to L.A. And he's like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, <laughs> no, we're going to try it. Um, and he said, you know, you should, you know, you, you, you know, love entertainment, you know, advertising, PR, all of that kind of stuff. Newhouse is really great. Why don't you try it? It's very competitive. I think there was 13 kids that were accepted. And he's like, if, if, if you go, I'll support you. And, you know, it was kind of like an incredible ticket to be handed. So go to L.A. or do that. Yeah. So free spirit or type A. And I chose type A. It's okay to be both. Yeah, of course. Of course. And so um, I thank him every day, you know, for that opportunity because it it wasn't so much, you know, doing that program wasn't so much um, the experience there, but it was making me realize that I'm very interested in a field, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is sometimes the hardest battle in Mm -hmm. in finding your career and finding yourself. Um, So I did that. And once I graduated, you know, they had incredible career fairs, a ton of the ad agencies. You know, I had a bunch of offers from the ad agencies. I think 12 out of 13 of us went to advertising agencies, which was the norm. Um, But, you know, there was something called money that definitely fueled my my day-to-day excitement. Um, And I was interested on the sales side. So I was at a local bar and I overheard. Not Donovan's. Not Donovan's. And I don't even remember what bar it was, but I, I graduated. I didn't have a job, um, and I overheard a gentleman talking about working at the New York Times. And I literally tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, "So I just graduated about four months ago from Newhouse and advertising. I overheard you just talking. Are you guys hiring?" And they had a, an incredible um, entry level um, uh, advertising sales department. And so I sent him my resume, and that was it. That's a great story. Yeah, we tell fun. that we tell that advice all the you time. You asserted yourself, of course, as my dad would say, who's our CEO and boss, um, but also our dad, is that every single person you meet can be a candidate or a client. Absolutely. So for you, obviously, your sale is a little bit different than our sale, but the fact that at twenty whatever years old, you took it upon yourself to tap a man on the shoulder at a bar and be like, "Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what do you wor- where do you work?" is essentially the overarching gist of what we tell people all day long because we live in a generation we talked about this at length last night we went to this talk at luminary which is a new women's networking space in this in the city through our friend carrie from brand groupies introduced us um to kate luzio who um opened this beautiful space and we listened to gary v talk last night and he talked at length about kids today 
and he used a lot of profanity, and it was perfect. Um, I'll, I'll, Amazing. I he will, can get away with it because he's Gary Vee. Correct. I will keep it a little bit more PC, but, you know, it's very challenging, I'm sure, you know, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. You know, you must interview a lot of candidates, and we obviously do. So, you know, it's so hard to explain that going up to somebody at the bar and asking where they work is okay. And, it, like, yeah. that is how you get a job. Not necessarily that, but in this day and age— Using LinkedIn, navigating and, the world from off your screen, of course, and which is being, so challenging for these for these younger people today, which and, is very hard to explain. And being authentic, like it felt authentic to me to do that, right? Yep. It wasn't like a girlfriend saying, "Just tap him on the shoulder." Just tap. It was like, "I'm just going to do that." Yeah, that's, that's what it, yeah. authentic that's you. to me. Exactly. You're so, not afraid. Yeah, it was Who cares? okay. And if somebody was a little more shy to do it, like that, probably pro- probably wouldn't have gotten them that far because it wouldn't have seemed authentic, and probably wouldn't be the right. Job track anyway. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. We talk often about, you know, we challenge candidates often to say, like, who are you in your group of friends? Like, mm-hmm. who are you? Mm-hmm. Right? So if you, for example, who you just kind of told us who you are, where you're obviously extremely outgoing and wanted to be around people and you have no fear to talk to a strange no, you gentleman. The, you're the judge on Star Search and also the host. <laughs> Correct. And also so, the contestant. I mean, you're a triple threat. A, triple I threat. Bo- I was definitely bossy growing up. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you're a triple threat and obviously had the confidence to walk up to this man. So, like, we always talk about that. Like, who are you and what you should be doing? So mm-hmm. that is so interesting to me that you discovered that early on because it is challenging for, for people to do that as they're looking for a career. Like, you know, what am I good at? Like, I started in PR and, and granted, yes, my skill set lended itself very well there, but... You know, it took me a couple of years to realize, you know, that I wanted to be a recruiter. So no, it's true. Um, and and we'll, there's still a lot of insecurities in being outgoing and doing it, but there's something of being authentic to like ta- that tap on the shoulder felt okay for me. You know, I mean, if that's it was, what Gary V spent a lot of the time yesterday talking yeah. about authenticity. Yeah, and absolutely. I could not. I was like, uh, talk about leaning in. I, I wanted to like lean in. in I was like, oh my god, you were speaking at the risk of saying words that are just so overused right now he was speaking my truth I know I was like waving from the back I was like all I ever want people to do is just to be themselves I agree and you know it's hard because it's hard to be yourself and whatever that looks like whatever that means in a world where being yourself is judged so many different ways yeah that it, it's challenging. Like, for example, I had a, um, a candidate email me today who I'm helping um, who got an interview at Nickelodeon through me and my husband. And he's a son, a young, you know, a new grad of a, of a family here and locally. And I've been helping him out. And he said, you know, is there anything you think I should say on the phone screen? And I literally wrote back, just be yourself. Yeah. Right. If you're meant to get this job, you'll get it. Yes, Mm -hmm. there's questions you can prepare. Yes, there's things that you should say or shouldn't. But at the end of the day, just be yourself. He's a charismatic guy. I'm like, you're going to be fine. And meanwhile, after he emailed me, I gave him a little bit of a tip about always ask a question at the end, things like that. But um, he told me he nailed it and they're going to have him in for it in person. So I'm like, see, you know, you just need to be yourself. Um, Okay, so we we covered with I want to ask one thing that I think is really important because you were very. You were very holistic in your answers, very Mm -hmm. authentic and holistic. But are there any highlights, and I think maybe you touched on a little bit with working as a team at Donovan's, not when you were picking the poison ivy, but when you were (laughs) watering the plants. Are there any highlights from your internships, not the basement, um, that you still draw on, that you actually mindfully are aware are part of your character? That you, like, learned there. Anything that you can think of? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know— all it is is 
being around people. You know, I mean, we come into our jobs every day, and we have we have we have lives which are much bigger than our jobs, and sometimes people make the jobs much bigger than their life, and that's okay. It's their choice to to live that way. But um, I think you know, there's something as simple as like caring about those you work with, mm-hmm. um, which seems so easy, but it's not. Uh, and I think that was something, um, especially being in sales and managing a large sales team, um, I'm always very mindful of is, you know, did I ask how their weekend was and actually mean it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or did I just ask and then say, what are your numbers for today? Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very mindful of things like that now after, you know, being able to work with so many different types of people and have different managers and be very, very um cognizant of how people treat me and how I want to be treated and having a seat at the table and all of that. So I would say that that a big is a big learning of, is how do you want to be treated in your job, but also mm-hmm. how to treat other people. I think that's a really good learning. It's funny, Marissa and I talk about that all the time about you'll always remember, especially now as people who manage others, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it doesn't matter what level you are. Every single person you come in contact with in life, but also at work is a teacher. Yep. And, you know, Tootsie says this often, my my guru who I talk about all the time on here, in yoga. And she'll say at the end of each class, like, remember that everybody you come in contact with is a teacher. You've taught me something today. I'm ta- teaching you something today. So, you know, whether it's having a bad boss or a peer that's competitive okay. or an amazing boss that you'll always want to emulate and be – all of those experiences lead up to who you are. And it could be something tactile. Like for me, I said to Marissa, and I have it here. I learned it at my first job out of college, always bring a notebook. Yeah. And I always have a paper and pen with me. I know how to make lists. And that comes from my first job. I learned that. And I teach that to the girls that work for me now. Like, write it down. Check yeah. it off. And it's the simplest thing. But it made me organized when I was 22. Um, I would say my number one thing, too, is there's no such thing as, like, a bad experience unless it's, like, actually really bad and we have a problem. But, you know, one of one of my jobs that I wasn't as fond of is how I got to where I am today. Right. You know? So and if you hadn't exactly. had it, yeah, oh, my God, those are magic words for me, Sarah. Yeah, and it's it's just so true. I, I learned what I didn't like. I learned what 100%. I, you know, and I'm a big believer even, you know, people that I work closely with that are ready for their next thing, um, uh, you know, it's it's okay to, to make a little bit of a mistake here and there because it's not going to be a mistake when you look back. Well, that's a really good segue because one of the things we were going to ask you next, which we kind of covered, is whether or not you're still doing what you set out to do, which it is. You're kind of doing a little bit. But if you're – and so are you is the first piece of the question. And the second piece is if you're not – or it's a little different, like when did you have that aha moment Mm -hmm. to be like, I'm going to switch into something different or stay in what I'm doing now? Yeah, I mean, I've always been within this media industry. So um, to me, the the aha moment is constant, you know, and I feel like when I don't have an aha moment, it's usually when I'm looking to find a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm constantly, I love the aha moments, my favorite part of my day. And um, again, it can be everything from, you know, I just literally got off the flight from San Francisco and had some really incredible client meetings. And I had four aha moments within the three hour sit down with our product teams of you know, whether it was for me of what I could have done better or how are we going to drive accountability to get to our clients' goals or, um, you know, someone on my team, what a fantastic job they did and how far they've come this past year. I mean, those are all aha moments of like, 
wow, I'm loving what I do, and this it excites me. So you know, it was never a um, oh, I'm doing the right, I'm in the right industry because I just don't believe careers are linear. You know, there's there's I don't, I'm not a believer. I mean, you could, and it's it'd be amazing, but you're it's no more mailroom to CEO. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of opportunities to to ebb and flow, and you know, as life is a journey, which you both talk about a lot, and I respect and believe in as well. Um, you can have the high, the high, the high moments, and even the low moments aren't that low. It's just a different type of journey that you're on. Um, and so the aha moments to me, I, I just feel like I'm constantly having them. Of this is, feels right, and when it doesn't feel right, I talk it out with my husband, having a huge support system, friends, um, and uh, the next day I usually find something else, another aha moment. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, to it's even right. you out, exactly. Yep. I love that. Just so I mean, I'm uh, well. When we post this, we can share. Um, with your permission, uh, a glimpse of who you look like on paper because yeah, sure. your paper is so pretty. Like I said, I'm pretty in person. I'm pretty on the inside, which is most <laughs> important. Um, so you grew up in the New York Times, and you, um, from for, from my standpoint, in all fairness, someone of your years of work experience in your career have a fairly loyal ride, which the definition of loyal is very different mm-hmm. um, than it was when I graduated school, and I've got you by a couple years, wink. Um, but... There was a big change between when I entered the workforce and you entered the workforce. And although we don't, we're not really truly separated by a lot of years, the media industry, I think, changed the most tremendously in their hiring and cultural style at that time. So for me to see uh, a woman working, you know, three, three, four years in each gig or each firm, I actually look at that as as a, a true statement mm-hmm. of loyalty and dedication, and really seeing through your position. Um, and it looks like you were genuinely promoted um, with really nice positions that really complemented the work that you had done prior, which, by the way, um, for those of you listening, is not always the case. And Sarah created that energy and the energy followed her. It doesn't mean that you're not doing the right thing if you're not seeming to seamlessly jump from one thing to the next or it doesn't naturally come to you. Not everybody not everybody makes the right choice the first time. And as you heard her say a minute ago, there was a company that was less than for her. And if it weren't for that less than experience, she wouldn't be in the, in the experience that she's in now. Exactly. Um, and, and, and she didn't even say it in a negative way. She sent it that it was not perhaps the right emotional fit for her professionally. And there are words like emotional fit professionally that actually make sense. Because mm-hmm. just because you're emotional about your work doesn't mean you're an emotional human being. And if you're an emotional human being and you're not emotional about your work, it's not mutually exclusive. However, you can have feelings and they're acceptable feelings about what you're doing. And if they don't resonate for you, then it's not the right fit. I agree. Yep. And I'm a big believer of, you know, you bring your whole self to work. And so I think that's a great point of it's not a being emotional about a job. It's just it's life. So if if your whole self is not in the right state of mind or you're not getting enough out of something, it's okay. And not for nothing, I can't really tell based on this resume, which is a, a hint, hint of what I do for a living. I don't really see where you felt lackluster. Mm-hmm. Um, and truthfully, it wouldn't come out. In an interview process, because it's no one's really, it's no one's business yep. when you're interviewing that you felt less than. Of course. And whatever that less than meant. Yeah. Um, and in this particular case, less than passionate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyways, we mentioned a few minutes ago that you work at Verizon Media as the vice president, industry lead, retail QSR. And for those who do not speak that language, yes. <laughs> can you kindly... Um, 
I know what a QSR is. <laughs> Do you? Uh, I'm going to go with a hard no. <laughs> it is a quick service restaurant. <laughs> it is. We can call it restaurants if we would like. However. Is it really? Yes, yes. it is. And what it is, is that? By the way, I blatantly mean? didn't know that. And that is, is just fast food or is it also considered like... Like a Pizza Hut, for it's example. It's a Pizza Hut yeah. as well. I mean, it's all semantics, you know. And Pizza Hut is not fast? So a little fast bit more food is like McDonald's. It's yeah. a more right. enjoyable experience? So you tell us. <laughs> yes. You tell I us, mean, Sarah, the expert. As, that's not as much the fun part. Right. But in, in terms of um, what I do and where I work, which I'm very lucky um, at where I am. But so I do. I work for Verizon Media, which is a... Um, it's a house of premium content brands. So we own Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance, Huffington Post, Tumblr, TechCrunch, The Incredible Makers, which is the largest women's empowerment video platform. Here's my hat. Um, Here's my hat. I brought some hats for the women Thank today. You. Representing. Does this mean um, I'm a maker? I, you are I a maker. I can't fit it over my uh, headphones right now, but we'll wear it at the beach <laughs> this summer. We are all makers. Um, and so uh, we have all these incredible consumer brands, which really allow us um, to have an incredible advertising company and marketing company. So what my team does is um, I oversee the sales team and the strategy for some of the largest retailers across the country, um, as well as QSRs or restaurants, we'll call them, um, where, you know, the goal of my team is to um, truly walk into these retailers and restaurants and say, how can we help you with your marketing challenges? Once we dig in, learn, uh, consult, have those, have those understanding, um, have that understanding, we then really pitch them why they should be, you know, spending their advertising dollars with us because of how Engaged our consumers are, um, you know what they're going to get out of it from um, the innovation that we can bring them and mm-hmm. so forth. So it's truly a sales job at heart, but there is it's surrounded with consulting. It's surrounded with you know people management. So to be clear, the name Verizon Media. Yep, we is, are part of Verizon. So, yes. you, so it is a division Correct. of Verizon as in my phone, Correct. but it is a, a consulting and marketing. Firm. Correct. So within Verizon Media, there's three business units. There's the, the consumer side, the business side, and then the media side. So they've really um, done an incredible job in leaning into, um, you know, really expanding their uh, telco POV to more of an emerging technology company. And so they brought media into the fold. Got it. To put it into terms for our listeners and for those of us, I came from the media side of the business, but and correct me if I'm yeah, wrong of here. Course. Um, you know, so... For example, Sarah left Time Inc., where she was a similar in a similar role mm-hmm. at Entertainment Weekly. So if you want to put it in very layman's terms, Verizon Media is the media that you are consuming. No different than Entertainment Weekly is a medium that yeah. you are consuming or any other content. And um, she works there, and she calls on buyers that work at agencies that represent these brands. Correct. So when you, we first graduate college, a lot of us in what we do tripped into this media buying, media planning, media sales assistant, sales assistant, anywhere. So when I was at Turner, similar, mm-hmm. it is a sales organization at a media company. So I did it for CNN and supported the sales guys at CNN, and she's doing it where she is. So it's the same exact job. Um, and uh, that these guys were doing, but on a totally different scale now because you're working with all these cool different content content kind of platforms where it's not about, you know, traditional cable necessarily at all anymore, um, which I find fascinating because there's so many different, I mean, we consume content. I mean, we could talk about this for a no- oh, whole other hour, but one of, of the things that, you know, my husband and, who works in media, we always talk about, like, for example, Netflix, we mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. You go on Netflix, there was actually a really funny, like, spoof about it on, I think it was Family Guy or one of our shows that we watched about, or maybe it was SNL, about how many 
Netflix shows, original programming there are. Like, you literally could scroll for, like, an hour through Netflix of every single possible thing you would ever want to consume. So overwhelming for me. Um, okay, I watch a show. Agree. Yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, I could go, I digress, but I just find it fascinating. So that's basically the breakdown of what you do. You sell um, ad space, essentially, if you want to call it. Very, very simple very term. Simple. So when we're watching a show or we're seeing, we're reading an article and you get a pop-up or you get some sort of advertisement, um, you know, that obviously there's somebody out there that's doing all that exactly. and negotiating the rates and dealing with the, you know, the different brands and how they want to be presented in the media, um, which I find so interesting. And it, it's different than PR and it's different than sales. And we can go into that a different day. But we talk about that all the time when people are first graduating school, especially what route makes yep. the most sense. You know, for me, I always thought I wanted to do PR because I just that's what I knew. Mm-hmm. Sales well, they, don't is such teach an you, they don't teach you in school no. that you could do. Like unless you went to Newhouse, you don't necessarily learn that that's it's, a, and it's that's not a job. Fault. And you'd be surprised even at the larger um, you know, master's programs and specialized programs in advertising on the sales side. They don't they don't do that enough. And there's there's a gap out there um, because so many people uh, you know, really can take a lot of skill sets that they're learning throughout their life into sales. It's, it's sure. very transferable. Well, Gary V was talking about that last night too, not to keep going back to that, but he was saying we blame the banks mm-hmm. when we went into financial crisis. And now, myself included, we blame college mm-hmm. for not prepping us properly for mm-hmm. the workforce. Everybody's going to be blamed somewhere. But it is fascinating if you think about it. Like, unless you go to a specialized school like that or get your master's at Newhouse, you don't necessarily know that sales is the route. So to bring it back to what we're talking about here, we often talk about who you know and how to network and how to figure that out, right? So we talked about who you are in your group of friends, like that you you know who you are at home on Star Search. Um, so you know, I think that that's the goal here is to to kind of get the message out that you can trip into something, yeah, um, by accident or on purpose that ends up being what you're really good at as a human being. Exactly. And I think it it goes back to that. And I think to a you know, some great advice is, you know, truly to build your own board of advisors at any level that you're mm-hmm. in. So I think the board of advisors theory that you hear from more of executives is at the executive level. But I disagree. I think coming out of college, who are the five people that you want to talk to about your career? You know, it should be someone that knows you really well. It should be someone that doesn't know you that well. It should be someone in an industry you're interested in. I love you that. You know, and, and building that board of Stealing advisors. At board every, of advisors. Um, you can give her credit. <laughs> No, it's okay. I will. It's it's you know, and they just talk about it always at the executive level, and I agree. I have my own, um, but I still feel that it can be done at any level, and it should be a constant in life. Um, feedback is a gift, and you have to be open minded to take it and to do something with it. It's true. I love that. What do you wish you knew? What was a, a, a tool that you wish you had when you started looking back? Where do you feel like you 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 were missing something? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I, I hate to go back to it because I just said it, but it's true. Like the, the the support outside of just your typical support you would think about, right? I mean, you know, especially in our careers, like LinkedIn wasn't around yeah. as much. You know, it just was a different time. We didn't, we didn't have we didn't have all the professional hugging. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was a different time, and I think then. I would have liked to have driven more consistency with some people, but there's there's definitely a handful of people that we started at the New York Times together or at Time Inc. and we still to this day have breakfasts or lunches to check in on each other. Um, you know, from a career and working mom perspective, because it's definitely a big. Well, it's interesting part of it. when the French when the working relationship ends ends up becoming a friendship. Yes, absolutely. Which is kind of what you were saying before about caring about people. Yeah. Um, 
Well, here's one of my favorites. Yeah. What's something you failed at? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I fail at many things. I'm a little, I'm self-aware, but I, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, to always work on them because it's a lot easier to do the, to do the things you do right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, uh, I, I had an executive coach the past year and uh, it was eye-opening to see, you know, where where I failed. And failed is a strong word, but I think in terms of where I can grow is is kind Skinned of skinned your knee. Exactly. I'll take a I'll take a um, an, an, a scab on my knee, and uh, I'm not great at saying no. Um, you know, so my calendar. I mean, I don't have time to eat. You know, and I it's all blocked up, and and I feel good because I'm really busy and I can't breathe. And I kind of had a couple, you know, drinks of water. And then I'm exhausted, and I come home, and I have two kids and an amazing husband, and, and I'm like, now what? And I get back to work. Um, and so I think this whole concept of what do you say yes and no to is not an easy exercise. Yep. And I think about it in my life, too. It's not mm-hmm. just at work. Um, and so I have definitely needs to grow on what to say no to. Uh, and she's given me a few tools in terms of, you know, one that's interesting is um, block off every minute of your calendar. So even when you're free, block it off because a either someone's going to put something on your calendar, and you're going to probably say yes to doing it because you're free, um, and b you're not going to give yourself time to yourself to do strategic work. It sounds like I need her number. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but, but it's tools, right? Yeah, and that's what coaching is—is is all mm-hmm. about tools. And and I think um, you know it's a very difficult thing. It's a difficult thing as a working mom to you know what do you say no to? I still want to try to have a friend or two, you know. Um, right. So instead. That I want to go out every night if I can, and then I'm, I'm exhausted, and then I end up sick and tired, you know, and I'm in bed every weekend. So, you know, it's it's a tough balance, but I think that's a big one is, is what to say yes and no to. I love it. So we have many mantras. We talk about them often here. Um, we actually printed new business cards this year, and the back of each of our cards is our five different favorite sayings. Um we say all of these things often, and so I will share them today and then wanted to talk about if any of them resonate with you in any particular way, and if not, what are your mantras? And so, um, you know, I have some personal mantras too, like I'm wearing one on my wrist from Mantra Band that says everything happens for a reason because mm-hmm. I really try to live my life and feel that even if I can't figure out why something's happening, it's happening to me for a reason. But at work, we have five. One is say yes. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Except so for when you need of, to say no. Well, that's what <laughs> I was about, when you need to say. Wait, no. that's what I was about to say. So as we're talking about what to say no to, we're talking about how to, you know, and and really when it comes to career, though, I think to go backwards, I agree. To say yes, so agree. to go on every meeting, go on any every every so interview during that stage of yes. wherever you're at, you yes. say no to the drinks and your friends, <laughs> and so they'll they, get over it. Yeah, right. When you figure out your new chapter, no. correct. But when you're Talking about finding career and next steps, it's say yes. Always go on the meeting, always go on the interview, always, you know, never think that anything is ever a waste of time. Um, dream big, which mm-hmm. is one of our originals and still favorites. Um, you never know unless. A new, a new charm today. Yeah. Oh, there it is. I think this is like the, it says dream big on the back, but on the front it's San. Oh, Sanskrit. Script. I love it. Right. Um, I wouldn't want to say that incorrectly. You're about to say Sanskrit. Um, <laughs> you never know unless you go. So we talk about that all the time with candidates where people are like, I don't know. I don't I don't want to go. I don't know if I should waste my time. Like, you just never know. Yeah. Like, you could go and meet the person, and that person could have gone to Michigan like Ming. Whoa, I got wrapped up. Um, and you start chatting about something else. And unrelated to why you're there. And or in our business, we set up interviews for people about something that – 
we have no idea what's going on internally necessarily mm-hmm. at the company. And you could go on the interview and they could say, this isn't right right now, but blah, 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 blah. Of or course. in in a very extreme example, which happened to me once, I went in on an interview and the person I interviewed with was leaving the company, but I didn't know that yet and ended up calling me when she went to the next place yep, to absolutely. see if I wanted to work for her. So you just never know unless you go on mm-hmm. the interview. If you don't show up, you never know. Yeah. Um, network most when you need it the least. So when you're like not sure if you want something, but you're like thinking about what's next, thinking about it then because you're gainfully employed, you're happy, you're kind of fine, but you know, always seeing what else is out there. And another card to take, another hand to shake, which is why we put it on our cards is if nothing else, you're going and you're meeting someone to just practice. Yeah, of course. You know, you take their card, you say hello, you shake their hand, you have a you know an energy about you're what's happening. Skill. You're finding a skill. There's so many intangibles when you go on an interview. Yep, I agree. Or any meeting for that matter. Um, So any of those stand out in particular to you or that you say or call on ever? to the most. Yeah, I would say, you know, networking is, uh, you know, I think – the normal person, especially the younger person, thinks networking is, okay, I need to go to, on a coffee with somebody or I need to go to a networking event, an alumni. It's it's everything, right? But I think sometimes it's interesting is when you're in a job, you don't network enough within your own company. Mm-hmm. So these are really large companies. that I you talked could, about all the, that all the time when yeah, I was at CNN. And it's, and it's so fascinating that um, – well, when I had first started at Verizon Media, which was originally Legacy Yahoo, which is where I started at, um, you know, a boss of mine said, you know, I want you to meet one person. You know, I just I just started day one. I want you to meet one new person a day for the next 30 days. And it was the best advice you could have given me. But I obviously took mm-hmm. that to five new people a day for sure. the next 30 days. Of course. Um, and, you know, I've, I've met my, you know, mentors and, you know, what you call rabbis of the industry through that. And a lot of them have left and moved on to new places. And your biggest network is sometimes right in front of you. Uh, and I think that mm-hmm. is a huge thing to think about. People get very intimidated by the networking process, and it doesn't have to be that big thing. Um, there's other ways to do it and think about it and have a perspective on it. So I think that's, you know, I would not be here in my career today if it wasn't for my current managers. Um, you know, they they were my, you know, ambassadors, um, and I do that same for my team. And I think there's, again, like, that's true networking. You know, it's what mm-hmm. what what gaps can you fill within the company you're in, maybe even outside of your role. Yep. You know, it doesn't have to just be about Who do you know? And people say to me all the time, like, I, I don't, I can't get that job because I don't know anyone there. Yeah. I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah, you just haven't met them yet. Exactly. So you just have to find out how. Yeah. And, you know, this generation especially has LinkedIn mm-hmm. that you can find anyone out there. And so we give advice often, which is a good place to insert it, is, you know, you went to a certain college, find somebody that went to that college yep. that works there. Or maybe it's somebody from your high school's friend's brother. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't know they worked over there. And it's just reaching out and seeing who you know where and, and realizing that you actually probably know more than you think. Of course, yeah. Um, and the, the key word for me, think. Yep. Just mm-hmm. think about it for a second. And I all agree. of a sudden you're like, I do know people there. I may not feel comfortable going out to them right away, but that's the beauty of a computer. Yeah, <laughs> You can absolutely. write them an email and then set up a, t- a time to chat. Um, and perfect. I think one big advice, too, is uh, my father-in-law is, is successful in our industry. And he gave me advice a while ago, and he gives it to other people, but... I use it all the time now, which is it's not about your next job. It's about your next, next job. And oh, so I think people I love that. So, love it. They get so stuck on their next job. What's mm-hmm. it going to be? Mm-hmm. It's like that is not how you should be thinking about your career, you know. And I think so going, you know, going back to a little bit of dream big, like 
you know, it doesn't have to be this shark tank feeling. It could just be like, what about my next next job? Like what's today? your long game? Yeah, or even right? like short long game. Right. You know, it does you know, it doesn't have to be the well, longest. Because you game. know what? Here's something that's a really positive thing to say that I think all of us need to hear all more often that my husband says a lot and I really admire him for it. Life is long. Yeah. Right? God willing. Yeah. God willing, life is long. We walk around in between all these things all the time, worried about so many different things that you constantly feel this this overpowering life is short feeling. Yeah. And we hear more negative than we hear positive. Positive is not celebrated as much as negative. It's an unfortunate thing in every aspect of our life. But if you really take a moment, you're supposed to be here a long time, God willing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you are paying attention to who you are and what you're doing— and you're being mindful, you're right. Your yeah. father-in-law, I mean, that's a beautiful thing to say. Yeah. It's not your next job, it's your next, next job. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I love that. I yeah. love that, too. And it's helped me tremendously in thinking about my career and, you know, promotions within the company and what jobs to go for. Even it's like a professional vision board. Yep, yeah, exactly. And then you, another sexy word right now, you manifest it mm -hmm. by putting things together. And then not for nothing, you can inter interject some free will and a little bit of extra destiny, which are my favorite things. And it may have been that thought process process now and then it can change exactly um awesome I do love you it. have a mantra you know it's funny i don't have something that's you know tattooed on my body or something that's hanging over my couch but well, i will not today say, yep exactly i will say something that has um ebbed and flowed throughout my career and it's actually my team's mantra is raise the bar so it's something that means a ton to me in again you know me coming in and being my whole self at work or at home how do i raise the bar how do i feel like i did as a mom and a wife and a friend um and then also for our clients how do we continue to raise the bar for them how do we continue to build innovative products um, it just has, it touches a lot of different aspects. This is why you can't say no. Yes, is you're why always I can't trying to raise the bar. Because I'm raising the bar across the board. You <laughs> nailed it. It's done. Um, and it, you know, it, it keeps it it keeps it fun when you can think about that next next job and wanting to raise the bar. I love it. So that. if I come into your office, yeah, and I'm applying for a job, and maybe one day you're using an outside in, uh, outside agency yes. to help you fill that job. <laughs> That's another side story. Um, but you're interviewing a candidate. What impresses you? Yeah, you know, it's pretty. I'm pretty easy, so I'm the hardest, easiest in, in my mind because to me it's how they tell their story and connect. You know, at the end of the day, like, I'm going to know right off the bat whether you can do the job, you know, for, after 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, you know, the skill sets, I, I can get you there. Yeah. Like, that's not my concern. Mm -hmm. um, my concern is what's the what's the connection you're going to make with my team? What's mm -hmm. the connection you're going to make with clients? How do you tell that story? What energy do you bring? I mean, energy is huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I rarely ask for the resume sometimes or even read it. You know, it's, I just want to, I want to hear how you tell your story. I love that because we talk about this, I'd say, I say this 50 times a day. It's not whether or not you can do the job. Yeah. I'm, I'm selecting your resume because you can. Exactly. On paper, yep. right? It's whether or not you want to do it there and they want you to do it there. Mm -hmm. So meaning, be yourself. Yep. And if you're meant to work there, you will. Yep. And because the skills are there. You know, when you're just starting out, it's a little less totally. easy, but, or let's, you know, it's harder, less easy. Um, but it's <laughs> less easy. whatever. My green tea hasn't kicked in yet. Um, but, you know, I think it's really about being yourself and trusting the process and saying, okay, I'm going to go in there and it's not whether or not I can do this job because I know I can do this job. Yeah. But I and they do too, probably because that's why I'm here. They well, selected my resume. Especially in age, your resume has to be on point. You're not going to get attention. Yeah, exactly. But you still have to be you in order to get the job. Of so course. until we can figure out how you can get a job without you being you, I still have a job to do. Yeah, of course. 
Okay. Yeah. So like, for example, in your case, probably you have a recruiter or somebody in HR at your company mm-hmm. that has screened that resume exactly. and passed it to you. Exactly. Or in our case, we're doing that on their behalf. Where So it, by the time it gets to you, you know this person can do the job as yeah. the hiring manager. It's now whether or not you want them on your team. Of course. And and I, I'm okay with gaps. It's just, you know, right. what, what are they and are you cogniz- and why? And are you cognizant of them? Are you self-aware enough to say, here's a, you know, it's a great question. I love asking that question. What do you think your biggest gap is in this role? Yeah. If you say I had nothing, like, that's not fun. You know, it's all about growth. That's the only thing that keeps everyone coming to work every day. Totally. Sounds like people should be looking you up. (laughs) I love Um, it. All right. So we're going to digress from business for just a minute, and then we're going to wrap it up with some fun questions. But um, we've listened to a lot of podcasts, obviously extremely inspired by others that do what we do. And on Carrie's Brand Groupies podcast, at the end of each episode, she asks, what's your song? And I love that question. And we were like, we got to come up with our own version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're bouncing around with what they are. But... um, as you're a local, mm-hmm. and we are local, we love we love the question. I found this somewhere. I was Googling around a little bit, and I found somebody's suggestion of a question, which I thought was awesome, which is, what is your go-to order at your hometown favorite restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just uh, think it says so, a lot about a person. So I'm two, so I'm two And what in. is your ho- favorite hometown restaurant? Because, by the yeah. way, you live here again. Yep. So I'm two weeks in, um, living in the burbs now with the family, coming from New York City, where you would think all the best restaurants are. But I disagree. They're all are, they are here. In Monmouth um, County. Um, and funny enough, you'll I think you'll like it. But um, I love Tommy's. T- yep. And the reason why is because I can have sushi and really good wings at the same time. I love that, it too. And it is a nice mix. It is. Those like, wings are so those good. Those wings are very good. And the sushi is really good. Yes. Sushi's like, great. I, I, there's nothing more than I want than you know that together. Um, while my kids are eating mac and cheese and chicken fingers, and my husband's happy with his burger, but right. I get my sushi and some wings. Um, it sounds strange, but I will say that is it. I love that. Wow. No. Um, <laughs> so I have to credit our our future guest. We hope she'll be on here soon. Um, a dear friend of ours, Sarah Personette, who's also in the media industry, who will be um, hopefully interviewing in the coming weeks. I went to a dinner with her. And it wasn't a dinner party. It was a dinner, just at a restaurant for one of our friends' 40th. And she's such a boss lady. I love everything about her as a person. And she's like, all right, we're going to play a game. And she's like, I want to go around the table at, you know, a, mm-hmm. a restaurant. We were at Russell and Betts. And she goes, I want everyone to go around and tell me if they could go anywhere in the world, where they would go, one, alone, mm-hmm. two, with their partner, whomever that partner is, and three, with their best friend, and why. And we got so into it. It was bananas. Like, fun. I was like, we started tangenting. I'm like, no, no, Sarah didn't finish. Like, I want to know. <laughs> and it was so fun. And I was like, you know what? We're going to ask that on our podcast because that's a fun question to ask somebody. Is she in sales? She is. So, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's yeah. A, it's but a, we work to live. Yeah. Isn't that the point? Of yeah, course, totally. Of course, of course. And I, I love it because I was. she's like, I do this a lot at work. Yes, we And because it is fascinating to hear what people say and why. Mm-hmm. And then it just sparked conversation amongst everybody. No, of course, of course. Um, okay, so one alone. Yeah. Where would you go by yourself? My home. I knew you were going to say that. Did you? I just uh, fell oh in my love goodness. that. Um, with nobody else in it. I love that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not home. And I know that might sound weird, but I just, I want to be alone in my home. I yeah. Your house now or the yeah, house my, you grew up in? No, my house now. I love that. My house, I, like, I would love to take a bath. I, I didn't, I don't think I'll ever use the bath. You mm-hmm. know, you I, will eventually, but it'll just be random and for like 15 minutes. Exactly. Because you <laughs> said to yourself, I'm going to turn this on now. Totally. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, just love to have a glass of wine and maybe make a fire alone and watch a lot of television. And oh my God, it sounds amazing. Yes, that would be, that would be definitely. I love that answer. Do you don't know when you're 22 or 20. Six, that that oh, is actually like gosh. a priceless, priceless evening. It, there's nothing like day. Like my, mine day. is like, day. T- mine's like, day. oh my God, like, imagine a day. A day. That's what I mean. Imagine waking up when you wanted to wake up, eating oh. what you wanted to 
eat. Watching what you want to watch <laughs> yes. and being in bed or doing whatever you wanted with Alone. no one else in your home <laughs> it, the whole and it's day. Homes, so you're it's comfortable. Fascinating to even yeah. think I that that could the ever price happen. tag would be on that. It would be more than an. It would be more. I than would like bid on that at an auction. Totally. I'm in. That sounds great. And we're, what about with your husband? You know, we're funny. We, um, we, you know, he works in New York City as well, so you can only imagine it's difficult with the kids and coming home, and then we mm-hmm. get 30 minutes together, and then good night. Um, you know, so to us, it's really just being, having some fun together, um, people watching, and, you know, I would, it's just the islands, just the warmth, just the beach, mm-hmm. but yeah. nothing too desolate, because, like, I can't, I'm too ADD, so mm-hmm. I can't, I can't just lay on a beach. I can do that for, like, 15 minutes, and I gotta go do something, and I can lay back. So, you know, we're, we booked a trip to Miami coming up, just the two of us, and we're, like very much looking forward to it. It doesn't have to be super exotic. It just has to be very practical and very easy because the other days can be very busy and very difficult to manage. So, um, so yeah, I know it sounds silly, but something as simple as that. That doesn't sound silly to me. It sounds great. Belly sushi. I know yeah. everyone always goes to the other places, but Pop Belly is really oh, good. good to know. Okay, and best friend. This one's easy, and you'll love it. Is Tulum. Um, so I happened mm-hmm. to go with my best friend last year uh, to to my to my best friends and. Uh, it's magical. It is um, magical. And, and it's very we talked funny about it on here already. I yeah. loved Tulum and I didn't and I I say this in the nicest way possible because my husband and I are attached to the hip. I didn't miss my husband really there. Well, the, the what's interesting too I is I didn't feel like he would have enjoyed it the no, way I did I and back. we enjoy everything together, but I just feel like he would have thought it was too rustic or he would he wasn't yes. he wouldn't have connected to it and I I didn't feel like there's so many other places I've gone where I'm like, "Oh, I missed my husband here I, and I want to bring him back." Tulum, I, I felt like it was like it was a real girls trip. Yep. It's I came a great back girls saying, trip. I've got to, we've got to go, we've got to go. And then my, in my head for the entire year, that's where we're going. And then I'm like, what are we going to do there? Yeah, like he's not going to enjoy the things that we did. <laughs> like Kinto in the in the room. No. We went to dinner girls in this, we went to the same place and it was magical, yeah. that place. Like a dinner in like a tree house. Yeah. Um, okay. And we talked about this a little before we got on air, but what's your current brand crush? Which is one of my favorite terms we talk about all the time like who we're like crushing on right now like Like what are you obsessed with right now yeah utility like making my day easier um like i'm just a sucker for i know you know it's not a brand crush but like ways like it it makes my brain Mm -hmm. feel better when i know how long it's going to take me to commute back from a client meeting or from the airport to home and you know will i make it to see my kids like you know yes you know the utility for me is big i mean i think such a good answer the whole dtc movement is fascinating and completely disrupting retail. TTC means direct-to-consumer, uh, direct guys. Direct-to-consumer, you know, I, I'm obsessed with, you know, how much, the, you know, even on Instagram with all the DTC brands for bathing suits this summer and for resort. And summer salt. I mean, it's crazy. It was, that and was one like, of our conversations this summer. It, mm-hmm. it just shifted my entire attention You know what's away. interesting? What's interesting is everything's new school. Yeah. But the new school is celebrating old school trends. Yes, absolutely. That's what I love. And ease and comfort mm-hmm. and price. For example... I got a gift this week from Ivy, who um, just recently left our team, one of our girls who we love, and she gave me a personalized candle, okay? A personalized candle is not a new idea, right? You can get from, like, personalization mall, right? So, like you're saying, a no old idea, yeah. but make it super cool and different, right? So, what they do is they make these super sleek, awesome candles. The company is called Taja, and I just tagged them in my Insta story this week. And you can get engraved on the outside like a saying of some kind. And the candle just smells amazing. And it's sleek and beautiful. And she got one for me that says, measure your life in love. Because she knows it's one of my favorite quotes from Brent. And Marissa's was, what was yours? These are the days? No. See the signs, know they're Oh, yeah, from from 10,000 Maniacs. 
And it was such a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And I love stuff like that. That's personalized. That's, personalized. that's special. And she found it on, on Instagram, which is so, I think. Or right, somebody tagged it. My point is, is you're shopping via InstaStory, but you're getting something that you would have loved 40 years ago. It doesn't yeah, matter what it is. It's And it's so uniquely Whatever it's packaged or the way it's branded, and it's just fascinating to or me. Like a DTC personalized candy. bathing suit, the yeah, gimmick there is that it's fitting better, yeah. which we're going back old school in retail to actually buying an item that fits. Yeah, brand love is the new, you know, you know KPI and, and performance metric. I think for all companies, and you know, it'll be very interesting to see how how the space uh, pans out. That's another podcast. I love that. That's another podcast. Yeah. All right, so we'll wrap up here with a couple of things. If you have one piece of advice that you believe our listeners can apply to their own professional advice, what would it be? I know we covered a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would just, you know, go back to the board of advisors was yeah, great advice. Just, I love that. It's, it's huge, and I, and I think it, it's always talked about at a higher level. But I don't know why it shouldn't be. It should always be talked about at every level within your college, who are your board of advisors. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a life lesson. I think to have that. Oh my god, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm seeing the comments, Tracy. I see you. My friend from childhood just commented about rent because we share that love. Things <laughs> gonna like it. Oh, Trace! Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, I love. Sorry, I didn't yes, interrupt no, you. We've course. done with that she thought. She always yes. remembers yes. my birthday. Yeah, she does. Um, is there anything that you we didn't ask you that you that we should have asked you? Anything we didn't cover? No, I think um, you know it, it's a, it's again a whole nother podcast. But I think the balance of um, you know being a working mom, you know, it's, I know it's, it's a fast. We could talk about that for a whole other you, day. Yeah, we can. And I think for me for this year, um, as much as I'm trying to give myself to work and, and to my family. Uh, you know, my 2019 goal is self-care, and it's such a buzzword right now. Mm-hmm. Self-care this and self-care that, but it's got such meaning um, that you don't know it has until it's hit you right in the face. And there's a moment where you have to go, uh, aha moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an, it's a different aha moment. Turn correct. the light on. Yeah. Um, well, that's actually a good lead-in because we were going to say, what's your action word for 2019? Yeah, self-care is it. I, I love that. And we is. posted yesterday, um, not on our Dreamcatchers Insta story, but on the 40 other things I manage, but Choice Fashion and Media Insta story, we posted about our words for 2019 in preparation for today. Um, I love self-care. Mine is patience. Love that. Um, I have little to no patience with two little boys at home. It's very challenging for me, and I am aware of it. It's definitely my Achilles heel. So I lose it easily, um, not just with them, but in general, just about all things. Like if nothing, something's not going my way, I'm very type A, I'm very perfectionist. So just trying to have a little bit more patience or taking a breath, taking a beat, as my friend Jerry would say, to just t- trust the process and know that it's going to be all right, whatever it is, even if it's you know, my son Elliot throwing all of his food on the floor. Like, it's all good. Of course. We're going to pick it up. And when I was in Tulum, we learned a lot about that and just, you know, taking the breath and meditation. And I think what I'm trying to do is incorporate that into my life. And Marissa's was? Clarity. Oh. Or lucidity. Mm -hmm. Or simply just to see, but we were looking for one word. Um, Because I look at everything and I don't always see it. Mm -hmm. And or I look at too much and I'm not actually processing what I'm seeing. Um, I just want to be clear. Yeah. Or like trying to, to enjoy I the moments. I want to be. I've been saying for the last couple of years, my I'm present in mind, body, and soul, which is true. However, there are times where I'm trying to say something and I'm struggling with what to say because I don't want to hurt your feelings mm-hmm. or I don't want to show my true cards. I don't want to do that anymore. No, I just want to say what I say, feel what I feel, and share it as a concisely within reason because I'm of always course. be kind. But I just want to. 
I want to just be more what I'm thinking on the inside. It's authenticity. Yes. Authenticity. So, and I am authentic. Yes. Literally 90% of the way. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a solid 10 that's like a really big crutch that I'm trying to figure out how to get Mm -hmm. all the way around. So the word lucid or clear um, is overarching in all of my personalities, and I have several. I love it. Um, And our last question, let me. So, um, you know, I think that you probably have many. And being a working mom is something that I could talk about until Mm -hmm. I am a hundred, mm-hmm. God willing. And I think there's so many things that I'd like to touch on in these conversations. And, you know, I think that was really good feedback, like depending on who we're talking to, um, how we tweak it or how we get through it. Or, you know, we don't know who our listener is yeah, yet. Of we're still right. working and We don't out. necessarily want to just talk about working parents or working moms because you never know if that's really what they want to hear about. You know, we have a short equal opportunity inspires here, inspirers here. And I think that the language that we use when you're talking to a working mother is the same language that I use to somebody that hit a rut in the road. Mm -hmm. road. Um, Or better yet, when I'm in a classroom and talking to five-year-olds and asking them what they want to be when they grow up, there's a message that's consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, And within that message, I think that each and every individual has their own superpower. And I think that based on what we heard today, and I'm looking forward to spending more time with you at Driftwood um, and anywhere off that (laughs) beach, um, although I prefer the beach, um, I think you have plenty of superpowers, um, and I'm impressed and honored to have shared some time with you. But I'd like to know if you were to take a mindful moment and share with the world what you believe your superpower is, what would it be? Um. You know, uh, I, I think all in all, it's um, time efficiency. I know it's so strange, but it's not easy to get through the day. I'm terrible at it. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of good at it. Um, and that's an amazing superpower. Yeah, I can. You know, sometimes I'll say it's nine o'clock in the morning, and I'll say I'll be there at one thirty, and I sometimes laugh and I pull in, and it's one twenty nine, and. It, before then, it, I did 15 things, mm-hmm. and it just worked. No, do you think together. you got that from the executive coach? Because I probably need that. <laughs> no, I don't. I think okay. I, I, I You've think always been like that? like that? Yeah, I, you know, I, I just think it's it's just um, it's something that, uh, you know, it, it co- does come naturally in terms of time management and being able to get everything in a day and still feel satisfied at the end of it without pushing yourself I can far. relate to that yeah. in the same way. That's awesome. I yeah, love that. that. Oh, good. I'm envious of it, though. I, you know what? I'm not envious of it. Yeah. I admire it. Yes. I have other superpowers. That would probably be at the very bottom, anyone that knows me, in every piece of my life. I would not list that as no, a superpower. No, it will not even actually make it into the bottom category. <laughs> it is not a power. It um, is not existent. It's not super. Nope. Um, of time efficiency is not your no. answer. Marissa, what is your answer? Let's wrap with that. My answer is that my best... My best or my most important superpower is I'm able to connect with other human beings and raise their vibration so that they are being their best self when they're around me and in the world. I mean, more power to you. Yeah. Raising others' vibrations. Raising other people's vibrations. I love it. And I, I get the most reciprocal joy professionally, personally, when I'm able to turn people's lights on, whether it's – Totally. Connecting Saying somebody's good morning. Desk. Why we go to work every yeah. day? Yeah, or but even yeah. in human life, uh, totally. Absolutely. You know what? It doesn't. It doesn't take that much effort to not say good morning to the person that you see every day at the coffee shop. Of course, you I know, agree. eye contact and making people feel warm. Mm-hmm. That's my superpower. I love it. I want to be around you more. Do you know what mine Sounds is? Good. Do you want to know what mine is? I've <laughs> yes. been thinking about it for a long time. I tried to come up with my answer. I have a lot of superpowers. <laughs> I'm magical, humble, and humble. Um, 
No, mine, I would say it was challenging to come up with one because I think that I bring so much and I'm, you know, just Jamie, as people say about me that know me well. Um, I would say I got a Verrier print, which if you don't know Verrier, which we can tag, it's a brand crush of ours. Um, there are these beautiful hand-drawn um, pictures and then they a add mother some daughter, glitter. A mother-daughter team. Mother-daughter team that Anymore. make these beautiful pictures that um, then have glitter all over them. And um, I have a couple in my house. We give them as gifts. There's cards that they make. They have pop-ups in the city. Um, and I once received one that I think my sister gave to me and or the girls that worked for me at that time that says she tre- uh, leaves a trail of glitter wherever she goes. I and I think my superpower is making things sparkly. I love and just, it. Which is similar to my sister's, which is raising people up, but just bringing joy mm-hmm. and sparkle. And she has a joie, is it joie, a joie de, de vie. vie. Um, to everything I do and everything I touch. Um, and actual sparkle, too. I really do love a good glitter. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's my answer. Well, I'm honored to be with these two superpowers today. Right? This was so awesome. I wonder if it'll be boring if we have to say that every time now. <laughs> well, you know what? We could always say, like, if you didn't hear it the first time, my superpower. And now we've... Hashtag raise your vibration. Hashtag, hashtag raise your vibration. Well, we'll listen. We'll listen to feedback from. Well, feedback is important, so we'll Agree. listen to feedback and we'll see what people think. Because you know, if we if we stick to, and by the way, anyone that's listening, we're interested in hearing your feedback. What would you have wanted to hear more of? What where where we could have asked Sarah other things, and obviously, I'm sure Sarah would be interested in welcoming to any comments or questions directly about her career. I would think absolutely. Um, and with your permission, as we promote, yep, absolutely. and we will share because I'm sure that there are plenty of people in this world that would like to take a dose of your time efficiency <laughs> and take one of those minutes on your calendar yep. to yep. learn a little bit about how they can carve a career path mm-hmm. as impactful mm-hmm. and magical as yours has been. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Oh, welcome for home. Of course. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.